the geese are so waterproof that the water, the hot water doesn't get to the skin. And so, like, I tried flash boiling it. I tried boil boiling it. I tried putting soap in there to cut the grease or cut the feathers so that it would get wet. And all I was left over with was a hot, wet (laughs) bird. Welcome to Muttering Pines, the show where we fumble our way through the outdoors and try and do stuff with our hands. Hey guys. Hello. I already opened my beer, so cheers. Yeah. Round two. Oh, good. Scott got the sound in there. (laughs) Here's to you, fellas. What are you drinking? Ginger ale tonight. Canada Dry Ginger Ale. Ginger ale. That's right. I, I went out for dinner with um, with my wife last night. We went to a restaurant um, uh, on 17th called Calcutta Cricket Club. Yep. It's, it's great. It's a terrific place. I asked for a ginger ale, and the lady looked at me like wounded that I had asked for a ginger ale. And then instead she brought me a uh, ginger beer from 88, and I'll oh, be yeah. damned if that was a goddamn delight. Whoa, that was good. I was pretty impressed. I like how you ordered a ginger ale and she looked at you like she just found out she's stage four. Yeah, yeah. She was so upset with me. She was <laughs> like, why did you leave your house if you just want something that only people on planes drink? <sighs> we drink ginger ale all the time at our place. Yeah, because our tummies hurt. Owie. Because we're 40-somethings. So she wanted the uh, the bill to be that much higher so she could get a decent tip? Is that, is that, yeah. is that the realm? Yeah, she yeah, maybe that's what she was doing. Uh, you know what? In fairness, she she picked the right thing. What was the uh, what was the tip option? I've been to a restaurant in a while. I heard they were creeping up there. Same tip options as always. It's like uh, twenty five, fifty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, it was fifteen, eighteen, twenty on that one. Holy shit, that's unheard of. Yeah, it's fifteen, eighteen, twenty on all the stores in Inglewood that I frequent too. Everywhere I've been, it's 18, 20, 23 or something. I haven't seen tipflation yet. I haven't I haven't seen it happen firsthand yet. I'm sure it will. Yeah. you got to hang up downtown more. Yeah, so what... <laughs> That's true. The thing is they don't understand is that inflation uh, increases the value of the bill and percentage of tip is a percentage, not an amount. So as you charge more money, <laughs> you get more. You should not go and then inflate the tip in addition to the inflated charges. But that's what like NMAX does. Yeah. But not Epcor. Not Epcor. They figured out the perfect way to balance energy across across their network by making me pay for Darren's electricity. Yes. And I don't have, I just get rebates. Are those cows really drinking that much water that the pump's going, pulling that much power off your property? Yeah, once, uh, once, I guess probably about July 20th came around, any drop of rain that fell on that place evaporated immediately moments later. Like it, it started drying out completely. Like the whole northwest corner of the property is just falling into the creek. It's been sliding down there for for like a hundred years and you can see it like there was a section of barbed wire fence that used to run through there and it's old like really old it's like the single strand barbed wire with the crappy little barbs on it it's like that 
and it was stretched so tight from falling down, like, or being pulled down into the, into the creek bed that, uh, when I hit it, it made a guitar string noise bang, like that. It was crazy. That's a, it's a self-tensioning fence, self-repairing fence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the best <laughs> fence on my property. Like bar none. Better than Darren's fences. They let like, ca- yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You got to tell them about that. I lost the guy's number. So no, no. I mean, you can need to tell her not listeners about it. Oh, we have cattle now. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's with cattle now because we have shitty fences and our neighbor's I, cattle is getting I'm in. I'm a little bit worried they're one it, like when you sent it to me I was like oh fuck I hope that's not one of mine Jesus I don't think so might be uh, or is yeah could well, be you know though uh, since we're talking about things wandering around on properties that probably are going to get shot we should probably talk about what happens after the shooting I, I wouldn't know. I've, I've never actually shot an animal. I'm sorry. <laughs> this, is, this, is the, this is the part of the podcast series where, where the listeners find out that we like we we really don't know what we're doing. We've never killed yeah. anything. Uh, yeah, pretty much. No, yeah. Uh, no, let's, let's talk about dealing with carcasses. This or, is a I, I this is a favorite topic of mine. That's and, that's and, an obscure way of saying favorite because really this is favorite. Yeah, this is a favorite topic of mine because this is the the thing that I use to stop people from coming hunting with us that I know wouldn't like it because I think a lot of people think that hunting is the rifle, the shot, and the trophy, and that like between shot and trophy is just like a long series of of cheering and then it's on your wall or it's in your freezer (laughs) or going to a butcher. Right. And I, and I think they think that you just haul an animal whole out of the bush on your shoulders and, and then, you know, you, then you're done with it. They don't realize that like the really gory and technical and probably difficult part is this part. And so I, I will often tell them about it like in detail. I'll tell them about the asshole core and I'll tell them about the gut pull and and that usually they're like, oh geez, I didn't realize you had to do all that. So, so that's why it's my favorite topic because it's the real deal. It's yeah. this is the part. This is the part where you're actually hunting. I think. Yeah, that's the nine tenths of what you do, other than sit around and hopefully you see something, and then maybe, well, no, guaranteed you swing and miss with a gun and be done. And the one time in in a hundred, make contact. And then it's hours and hours, and if not days, worth of work. you got to stop throwing <laughs> your gun at the deer. Now. Yeah, I don't know. It's just... Yeah. It's going to start using bullets. <laughs> it's cheaper to throw the gun than it is to get a bullet now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, field dressing is uh, is interesting because of, uh, like, yeah, I don't think people realize how important it is mm-hmm. to actually do it. And uh, I think do it right. So the, the question I get asked about field dressing when... Oh, we lost Matt. Matt just oh. quit and he was like, man. Yeah, he's just like, he doesn't want to know. Um, like, with it. Should I wait for him to come back? Uh, yeah, let's, let's just give him a sec. Yeah. Yeah. I'm back. Hi. You're back. Welcome back. Uh, was, it a, was it a good poop? 
Uh, no, it was a uh, abrupt phone call that I needed to answer, and I apologize. Okay, Matt. We, so we we just we just talked about stuff while you were gone. We didn't we didn't continue talking about field dressing. We talked about you. We talked about you. Done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's fine. You'll hear it after the edit. Will I? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. I, will anybody? <laughs> uh, so, uh, I, what we were talking about just before, uh, just before you answered your call, um, was the question I get asked most: is how soon do you have to field dress? Like, is it do you have to run right up and do it, or do you have some time? Like, can you take it somewhere else? Do you have to do it on the spot? That's the question I get asked most often: is when do you have to field dress the animal? And what do you so say? Yeah, what's your answer? Well, in 15 minutes or less is is what I believe to be right. It's like as soon as possible, but you don't want to leave it too long. Matt? So I would I would vary that answer by saying you field dress it pretty much as soon as you find it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are opportunities to, if you can't find an animal immediately, you I've you know people wait till the next day to find them, and. Uh, you know, hopefully it's not a gut shot. It's just a, a an organ wound, and you're not going to have a bunch of tainted shit inside your belly. But uh, uh, yeah, it's best to do it as soon as possible to cool it down. But people do lose animals and have to find them the next day, mm-hmm. so it's not like you, not like the animal's garbage, right? But the but, the big reason is to start cooling that animal down. Yeah. Yeah, this is a crazy thing I didn't know. This is I, I love this bit. Do you want to explain that, Darren? What, what, well, Matt, what happens when the animal doesn't cool down? Oh, oh, I guess I'm a first-hand expert on that. Oh, uh, yeah, so I shot an elk, and just like all of my deer, I do not skin it. I open it up, prop the chest cavity open, and we're good. Well, that elk was so heavy in the shoulders and thick in the neck that its neck didn't cool down. Because I didn't take its hide off, and it's uh, that was a significant mistake. Anyways, in uh, before I could get around to butchering it, which was not really that long of a time frame, like two days, uh, it had got what do they call bone rot? Yeah. yeah. It uh, yeah, the bacteria went into the bones, and actually started traveling through the uh, circulatory system, all the op- empty veins, and that thing. It, it was traveling inches an hour. It was amazing how quickly the the rot was going through that animal once it started. Yeah, and it was visible because it was green. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. There was no there was no question of what it was. That's what I so remember. You, I remember Darren sending me a picture of it in progress, yeah. and and I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? It's like so, radioactive green and stinks like sour gas. Mm-hmm. So cooling it down is the key to, to not letting this kick in. Is So is that why hunting season so late in the year it's in cool no. weather? No, no. I mean, That's just coincidence. Breeding. Just That's help. coincide with breeding. Right. Yeah. The year that arguably you... you can bow hunt in beginning of September. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it could be like, what, 20 degrees outside? Yeah. I learned about the, the temperature thing. Uh, from your brother, Darren, the first year that you and I went up to Barrier, when we were yeah. in Barrier, and it was unseasonably warm. And and your brother said, if we shoot something today, it's going to be a real problem because it's going to stay warm for too long. 
I'm yeah, you got to get it cool down. Yeah, if it's too warm, then you got to get it basically butchered and put in a freezer or a cooler. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you ever watch like, uh, that meat eater guy? Mm-hmm. Well, he was in the south. He was in the Mexico desert or I don't know, some crazy hot place. And it was not like it was too fucking hot to walk around during the day. When he finally got his animal, he put it in game bags, hung it from a tree, and made sure it had air circulation, even though it was still like a bazillion degrees. It was like getting it getting it cooled down from body temperature and then away from all that bacteria. Yeah. So the meat the meat can hang, but he, he deboned it. I don't know. Never had that problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that year, um, I remember the like we hung those deer up and it was starting to get concerning. Like we were thinking about taking them in and renting freezer time and in barrier. So, but, so what is the temperature that we need to get them down to then? Is it just as long as it's below body temperature? I don't know. Like five, five Five degrees Celsius would be nice, but what do they do in those hot climates? I guess. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, I don't know. Um, Like if they don't have the same kind of bacteria, if you've, boned it out then it'd be you could probably leave it for like not in the sun but i don't know good question we should I don't we should probably answer. explain what bone it out and deboning is but well before that we gotta go back to actually field dressing because now we're talking right. about butchering right you're right so when you shoot an animal well, by then, throwing your gun at it yeah so when you <laughs> throw your gun at an animal and you hit it so hard that it just collapses out of pity for you. <laughs> um, poor bastard. The, yeah, the first thing you got to do is get the guts out, right? Yeah. And uh, I have I've done that very many times in the last few years because I've been had a very fortunate few years. And every time I've had to have Matt help me because I just fucking forget. I get you, there and I open it up and I'm like, well. Going back to grade school, have to remember ABCs. Yeah, pretty much. But um, and Matt, you can just jump in. But basically you start. Um, so you got to open up the skin around the stomach up to the, uh, the um, what do you call it? Sternum. Sternum. Right? Yep. So the... Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. And then you take it up the ribs if you can. And basically you're skinning. So you're taking the skin away to expose a little bit of the ribs. And then that gives you the... Basically the... Everything in that's... The body cavity. Membrane-ish. And then you got to get in there and you got to... Basically carve that membrane away from the wall of the ribs and the and the back of the animal inside before without messing up your tenderloins Mm -hmm. because the goal is to get the entire bag of organs out in as close to one piece as possible without it leaking into the meat that's the that's the outcome you're you're going for when you start that process yeah, yeah, so your your bag of guts has a an entrance hole at the throat and an exit hole at the asshole. So, right. so you either carve around 
the bum hole or you use what we use, which is called a butt out, which is basically like a giant, uh, you know, that thing in seven plug from the, from the really terrible murder scene in the brothel. And I won't say any more than that. It's like that, but for deer bums, it's a, it's a, it's a dildo you shove up the deer's butt and then you twist, you (laughs) twist until the physical membrane, physical intestine separates from the internal body cavity, but by twisting it, you, it ties it up, it torques it so it won't leak. And then you pull it out its butthole and put a string on it so that poo and stuff can't come out. Right. Because urine and feces into the meat is the absolute worst case scenario and you're trying to avoid it at all costs. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's the first thing you do. Then you cut it open and then you got to start carving that membrane away from the inside of the animal. And then you got to crack the ribs or saw up through the ribs without puncturing the gut sack. The three times that I've cleaned deer, that I've field dressed deer, in that portion of the job, I've cut my finger while like feathering away the the membrane on the gut bag. I always get my hands in the way somehow in there. I think that's a a, a tough part of the of the job. The for me the the toughest part is once you split the ribs open and you've cut the esophagus, you then you're left over, you have to hold the esophagus tube closed with your hand and pull. But then there's such a strong membrane that holds the, I don't know what it's, there's a strong membrane that connects it to the internal spine and trying to give that a heave ho and get it past the, the diaphragm. That's always the tricky part because you're always struggling to find that one little piece of connective tissue somewhere that holds it all together and once you pass that, then you can generally roll it, well, have the gut bag facing downhill and just pull. And most, if not everything, will will come out. That was a trick that I learned from you, the the downhill gut pull thing. The, gra- the gravity. Yeah. yeah. Gravity assist. Yeah. Watching you do it, it's, it's incredible because it just, you know, after you're, you're done, it looks like you're like humping it for a bit. <laughs> And then Matt stands up and the whole thing just kind of falls apart. It's, it's really cool. I don't shoot that many animals because I miss. Because my gun can only be thrown so far. But uh, <laughs> Darren gets to shoot a whole bunch of animals. And I get the pleasure of cleaning them for him. That's because Darren uses artillery to hunt. He, symbiotic relationship. He, <laughs> he shoots from space to get animals. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, but yeah, so yeah, you crack the ribs, cut through the ribs, then you reach up and like you said, cut the esophagus, grab onto that. What are you uh, looking for when you're cutting the esophagus? I always imagine it's, uh, it's like grabbing a vacuum hose, vacuum tube. Yeah. Yeah, That's what I think of it as too. Totally. Yeah. Um, Like, uh, um, what are they called? Like the ones that go around your house. Central Vax. Central Vax. Yeah. It's like most of this job. Vac. Most of this job we do with our with our hunting knives, but um, the bone cuts need a we bone have saw. saws for. Yeah, for yeah. sure. One other tool that that I have in my kit is a, a gut pull, which is just like takes an exacto knife blade on the inside of a nice little hook to um, to cut up the, the 
the gut bag right at the beginning. It's good so you don't nick the internal organs. It's got a nice piece of plastic across the bottom. I've never really had much luck with those. You guys? When they're fresh blade, they work great, but they only yeah. get really one yank through. Like the an animal's hide is way, way tougher than you give it credit for. Like it dulls the shit out of a knife to the hair to just it. feel dress. It's crazy. Yeah. So what I was taught when you're you're peeling that hide back to expose the, the, the membrane and expose the guts is that you should never cut from the outside of the animal in because you're cutting through actual hair follicles. So once you use the sharp part of the knife, poke a hole in it, and then put the knife in and point the sharp of the blade out. Yeah. And so then you're cutting in soft flesh the whole way, and your knife stays sharp pretty much the entire animal. Yeah, the, the curve at the edge of a hunting knife is like is perfect for that if you yeah. aren't a clumsy loser like I am and mm-hmm. instead have to use a thing that makes it no harder than pulling a zipper. Ah, fair, yeah. And if you struggle, you can always just use Tannerite. <laughs> <laughs> Which Matt also has to throw his gun at. Yeah. yeah. Can't, uh... um, but no, once you get that out, um, there's going to be a giant pool of uh, blood that you're going to have to empty, so you Typically, turn the animal upside down. Not upside on your down, back, but like, and you run around like you're it. Oh no! no. You no. wear it like a headdress. Oh yeah, right! You climb yeah. inside. Tonta. Um, but no, we flip it on its stomach to drain the drain the blood pool from inside the mm-hmm. the rib cavity. There's yeah. way always way less blood than I'm expecting. That's always my. I think that every single time we've opened an animal, I'm like, oh, there's way less blood than I thought. My brother shot a moose when we were up north, and it was, other than being the size of a horse, and it, to reach in is like arm's length up to your shoulders, there was, there was a swimming pool worth of blood in his body, in its body cavity. Oh, God. It was, it was insane, and he's, he was having to like swim his arms through it, trying to, uh, it was, it was gross. <laughs> you can't, uh. You, you can't just, like, throw that animal over, like, just like, oh, we'll just roll it over and dump the guts out. It was like, no, because it weighed fucking 800 pounds, and yeah. it, was, it, it is what it was. Like, you're going to have to find a better solution for doing moose, because that you wasn't You quarter it. them, right? Yeah, like, You yeah. skin it out, you quarter it, and you bag it, and you carry it out. Quartering is Do field the- dressing, right? That's a field dressing thing. That's not butchering, technically. Well, it's all field dressing, really, yeah. Like, yeah. a deer, you don't really have to skin out after, right? Like, you can throw it in your truck yeah, once you've got the shot bag out. Yeah, throw it over your shoulders. Yeah. And then you hang it and skin it at home. Mm. Or if you're out on, like, a week-long trip or whatever, then you hang it, skin it, put it in a bag so that the birds don't get at it. Barrier lesson. Mm-hmm. Whiskey jacks. And then you're good. But if it's a big animal, like an elk okay. or a moose, then you've got to quarter it. Yeah. So a, a deer to once field cool. dressed, when you're pulling it out of there, it's like a little more than 100 pounds. If it's big, it's a couple of hundred pounds. It's, it's not big. Now, how heavy is an elk once it's field dressed, Matt? 
what do we get? We got four hundred and we got four hundred some pounds of meat back. So yeah, like the big bull is. Yeah, they're they're heavy, heavy as all hell. Like to the point where you just about can't move them. Yeah. So where they where they fall is where they stay unless you have come alongs or you know equipment or something like that. And that's where you're you're gonna start knocking limbs off just so that you have a manageable chunk to be able to throw around. Like if you when the animal's on its side, you're not really gonna actively be able to roll it around. So you know you knock the outside legs off. And then roll it over, knock those outside legs off, and then you can scavenge the meat off the ribs and stuff. And then what's the, how big is a, is a moose field dress then? More than a thousand pounds, right? Field dress? I don't think they'd be that big, but. No? They're like a, a, I think a bull moose and a, well, I guess, fuck, I don't know. They're all over the place. You're going to have huge moose somewhere. It'll probably be over a thousand. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's nuts. I haven't I haven't ever dealt with anything that big. No, no, I I don't even know if I want to. It's just like it's hard enough to butcher what I currently have, let alone something that is like five six times the size. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know where I'd put it. Yeah, and then it starts I've... turning green every couple of <laughs> minutes. Yeah. Yeah, right. Terrible. That's a that's a tragedy I'll never forget. Lesson learned. But once Start you get it home or hung, you've got to skin it. Yeah, that's where the sharpening stone comes out. Yeah, so skinning is interesting because it takes a bit of time to figure it out, and then it can go pretty quick. Mm-hmm. But you got to find like those. The best, it's best if you find like those seams where it yeah. will naturally just, yeah, just like falls go away. under the arm and then open up around and then you pull it down off the back and then around the back legs and then it all comes off. It's by far that, the most satisfying part of field dressing. Is, yeah. yeah is you got to have a sharp knife because that yeah. membrane even will dull a knife. That's not totally true. You have to have a sharpening stone, period. Not a yeah. sharp knife. You have to have a sharpening stone. Like, the knife has to be sharp during the process. Yeah. Like it's... Same shit. <laughs> no matter how good your hunting knife is, how good you think that edge is, it's gone. Like it's going to be gone at some point through the animal's skin. At, at some point it's going to go dull. Yeah. I run... Uh, when I do all my work in the garage, It's I have a, a nice steel to run the blades on. and That makes so much of a difference even just you know four or five hits with that yeah. just livens that knife right back up again yep yeah but the uh skinning a skinning an animal is actually my favorite part i don't know i have this i just enjoy the process of uh when it's hanging you can you find those seams where you start just touching the the knife you you don't have to cut you just touch and the seam will or the membrane will open up and you can put your weight on it and just pull yeah yeah Especially with a nice heavy hided animal, they don't have to worry about puncturing through. Yeah, but it's satisfying when you get it all done. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you guys uh, have you seen the golf ball style of of yes. de- yes. dehiding? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I want to try, but 
it, it sounds super interesting. It looks satisfying, but it also, I think it destroys a lot more than you imagine. I can't the, imagine the back straps being intact after that. Yeah. No. Totally. Yeah. So Unless it's like ripping a bandaid off that it goes so fast that it literally just rips the membrane and doesn't have time to like catch and pull the meat. You know, like you take a yeah. bandaid off, it doesn't take the hair off. I think... I, I don't know if, because I, I've, I've only watched YouTube videos of it, but it seems like the whole principle of it is that there's one seam up the animal's spine that the golf ball just puts added pressure on as the vehicle's driving it out. Because that's how it works, right? They started at the, at the tail end of the animal with the animal sort of in a rack flat, and then they'll use a quad or a truck and they'll just drive slowly away with the golf ball attached to like a cord that's attached to the vehicle and they drive away slowly and it just peels the whole skin off. And I think it's just, it's based on one seam that works, but it only works with something as wide as a golf ball. If you try to do it with a knife, it doesn't work the same way, but I don't know. This is a theory. I just, I have no idea. I'm terrified to try it. Yeah. The one I did see was, uh, they were these guys were using that to try to skin a, a cow elk, and they were anchored, they had it tethered by the head, and it basically the the amount of force the truck was putting into it to pull the hide, it just ripped the skull off. So holy shit! It's that hide was well attached, or they just did it ass backwards. So I don't know. And the uh, head's always I, on I, in those videos too. They're never, yeah, yeah they've never been to cap. I think it's best like just do it properly. That's probably the answer. It yeah. it really only yeah. takes about it takes about ten minutes to skin an animal properly. So mm-hmm. half an hour at, at most. Yeah. yeah, and three three sessions on the sharpening stone, <laughs> and then you can either take it to a butcher, mm-hmm. or take it to Matt, or no, or and... do it yourself. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, sorry. I, my meat goes green, so nobody wants to take it to me. Yeah. But you gotta also you should also wash your meat down though after, right? Get all the hair off, get all the yeah. caked on blood, the grass, any Here's where the game any shit that hair was left glass. on it from the bum hole. Right. So there's two schools on thought on the washing. People are saying like don't ever introduce anything to the animal, water or not, because there's could be bacteria on it you're gonna put on the outside of the animal. But well, we live in the city, and city water is pretty damn clean. Mm-hmm. And so I'm perfectly accepting to, like, wash the animal. Like, you know, like, you're not you're not hosing it down with two hours worth of water. You're just, you're spritzing off any wipe. any schmoo mm-hmm. that's there. And you have a, a rag to push off anything that's dry, like grass or, but clean the butthole out, clean the throat out so that you get yeah. all the, all the clots that are in there and... Then you let her hang and dry. The butthole. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of wasted meat in there. We forgot to talk about about uh, glands right after you right after you kill the animal, getting the glands off the legs. I don't know. You think that's so? Who? I know you. I know my brother told you that. Yeah, yeah. This is a Jade thing, and he's wide old. And I've I've mentioned that to literally every other proficient hunter, and they're like, I've also heard that from old timers, but in the end, it doesn't matter. 
Or like that song hmm. by that band? Doesn't really matter. That's Anyone can one. see. Nothing really matters to me. Is that the Beatles? Queen. Yeah. Good good fail though. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So, so do you think it's horseshit? What do you think, Matt? Do you think it's horseshit? Uh, until I had chatted with Jade, I'd never even heard of that. Oh, so really? I, oh. I'm up the I'm up the horseshit creek there. Yeah. Okay. But I don't even know where a gland is on the animals. So it's on the legs by the uh, yeah. The back, it's a big, hard, yeah, tough knee, to fur right over top of it. But like, hmm. I don't know. How often does that particular gland touch things? Well, I think like, even just... if it is exuding shit, like it's not in the meat. It's not. I knock their legs off just just about as soon as it goes up in the air. Yeah, yeah. I suppose. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it getting in the fur is the problem and the fur is all over it at some point and it's like blowing around. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The way the fucking animal stinks on its, just generally on its own. I don't think the gland is <laughs> helping or hurting it. That's a good point, Matt. I, I have to say like, I'm surprised we can't hunt them by scent sometimes when after you've shot them, you're like, Oh yeah, these things smell terrible. Yeah. He's you smelling coming. Like Matt, you and I have been in the woods and We've been like, oh yeah, there's a deer here. Yeah, like, you, you can you get that waft, and you're like, yep, stinky, gross, fucking things. <laughs> yeah. And into the mouth. Yeah, uh, I guess a a herd of elk is uh, it's very odiferous. Um, if you're downwind from them, it's uh, it's very clear what it is. It's kind of like being downwind from a. Um, a feedlot or something like that. There's just, there's that mm-hmm. much stench coming off that many animals that there's no question of what it is. Really? And again, I'm just pulling it out of my ass because I, I was told, I was told not actually firsthand. I've never been that close to a herd of elk. <laughs> <laughs> the herds that we saw on the, on the trip this year would definitely stink. Those were enormous herds of elk. Yeah. What do you think the chances uh, of seeing anything this coming weekend? Zero. Oh, no. No, There's no chance. Nothing. No, no. We've got negative Zero one. One. Negative one, <laughs> I'd say. <laughs> well, like, Darlene's land that you got access to is sounds great, but unless we trip on them, I don't think we're going to see them. Yeah. We Pretty have thick. tripped on them before, though. That is true. Well, they tripped on us. The coyotes uh, were bold last weekend when we were out there. They came right up to our cabin. Like, they were at that little pond in front of it, barking at January and I while we were sitting on the deck. You haven't really? uh, yeah. You haven't justified sitting there with taking pop shots at them? I, didn't have, I don't have a rifle up there right now. I just have my bow up there. Hmm. And I, they and... were in the black. They were pitch black out there. Just fire an arrow anyway. That's the look. Yeah. Darren just gave me was why didn't you just loose an arrow into the dark into the sound <laughs> can't hit anything I can see I'm not going to hit anything I can't see and can only hear and apparently can't smell fuck that hit a cow like a $90 <laughs> joke um Matt you said your favorite part was skinning 
the animal. I, oddly, I just enjoy it, yeah. I would say, after I yawn, because I'm a fucking old piece of shit, I would say my favorite part is probably the actual butchering of it. Yeah? Really? Yeah, I like, there's something about like just butchering the meat that I'm like, yeah. I've made a roast. Or look at this, this is a really nice backstrap. So I'm I'm with you on that. I enjoy that. But normally by the end of it, I'm sick and fucking tired of butchering. So I mean, if you're doing one deer, not bad. That elk? That was not the best time. Yeah. I'm sick of it. If you got two deer, too much. Yeah. Yeah. But I I quite enjoy it. I like it. But with that elk, and I think even with the two deer last year, right? I have two? I had two up at one time, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, I I called my wife in. I'm like, we're butchering. We need we, help. I, need, we I, need, I need some help. And uh, yeah, she's really good at it. So that's great. Cody that's actually the... uh, asked me last time. He's like, he's like, wait a minute. He's like, your wife came and helped you butcher the deer. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, how? How do you? How do you make that happen? How do you do that? <laughs> I, don't know, I, just, I just asked. So my wife won't touch any other part of the hunting process, but she will come out and help me butcher. Yeah. Like, you know, pending things in the house are done. The kids are put to bed, stuff like that. Then she'll come out and, you know, she'll stand there with me for a couple hours and we'll hack up meat. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty good. I, don't know, I think like butchers have cool jobs. Yeah, they make it look so easy. The, it's ridiculous how yeah. sharp the knives are and how skilled the cuts are. Like, obviously they do it a couple times a day, but I'm always wondering. It's like, well, what seam am I following? Where am I going? What am I going to make with this? What is this piece of meat called? Yeah. Is, <laughs> what <laughs> what did, prime cut did this used to be before I got to it? <laughs> yeah, was this a steak or is this going to be ground up? Oh no, no, it's it's just pure silver skin. <laughs> this is gorgeous. This is a steak. This is a, oh fuck. No, nope, it's still a shit. It's yeah. uh, turkey it's hamburger. <laughs> yeah, it's turkey. <laughs> yeah, fuck. <laughs> I bought a steak once from a butcher in town here called Calgary Meats, and uh, what I wanted was the same kind of cut from this restaurant in town here called Mercado. And so I, I said that to the butcher. Like I was like, which one do they use? Like I don't I don't have any idea. And he knew right away. He's like, it's this rib cut, but then they cut the tomahawk off the back of it and they don't cut it into chunks. It's this one. And so he just went and made it for me. Just look came back with it. He's like, here you go. I couldn't believe it. Like he just it was incredible. Yeah, a good butcher is like that's a that's an incredible skill for many, many reasons. Wait a minute. It's almost like it's a career and you need to practice at it and no, you can't don't. just do it. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Don't no. be ridiculous. Those, don't all those, all those guys are just hacks. They're just, hacks, they just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if you saw like, I think it was like a, like a Steve Ranella episode. Uh, but 
I think they even had a deer. Might have been an elk. Elk seems more reasonable because it's got a little more meat. But they cut it on a bandsaw and made like uh, T-bones. Yeah, that was how the Calgary Meats guy did it. Right? What? Yeah. You're talking like T-bones out of the backstrap and stuff, or were you? Because yeah. they, they, yeah. Yeah. So your T-bone would be like the spine, the backstrap, and then a little bit of the tenderloin. And they were just hacking T-bones out of a uh, out of an elk. It was an elk. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. I've never had a T-bone out of a an elk before, but also yeah. I don't have a bandsaw to be able to do that. So I just debone no, everything. You got a circular saw, <laughs> jigsaw, and again jigsaw you got a, a jigsaw <laughs> or a, a sawzall, a reciprocating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, look, we yeah, made we hamburger. There's <laughs> definitely a YouTube video of somebody trying to use a sawzall to butcher an animal. That oh. exists for sure, right? If I'm not, not watch it, but... in one yeah. week, there will be. <laughs> not necessarily a game animal. It could, be, it could be a beef, it could be a squirrel, and it could be human. The possibilities are endless with us. Yeah. Alan yeah, will dressing, real this time. Field dressing <laughs> birds is is uh, is also butchering them. That's the with grouse, for example, where we just pull mm. them in two and the breast meat just comes off. So explain uh, that one. Yeah, you guys you guys taught me that and it's it's so nice because you don't even you you touch it once and you, then you just eat it. Yeah, okay. That's great. So the the way all you not listeners out there this works is uh, it works with the prairie grouse and uh, it, I, it may work with other birds. I'm not totally sure, but uh, what you do is you kill the bird with whatever you want to kill the bird with. Matt kills them with 22s. Um, Darren kills them almost never. Um, I have missed them on several occasions myself. And after Matt kills our grouse, we uh, go with the butt of my gun because I with the butt yeah. of his gun because we're out of bullets. And uh, what you do, it's very simple. Is first you remove the head, so you can pull it off with your hands usually. Then you turn the bird so its breast is facing away from you. You put your feet on the inside of the bird's wings where it meets the rib cage. You grab its feet and you pull. And when you hear it separate or feel it separate at the feet where the rib cage and the uh, uh, wings meet, then you just give it a yank and it pulls the entire gut of the creature out and leaves sitting there, hopefully two pieces of breast meat sitting on the rib cage with almost no wings on them. That's how you clean a grouse. You tear it in half. So have you inspected the stuff you pull out to see how much meat is actually in those legs or... Like I've never really looked at a leg of a grouse to see. No, it's it's not worth keeping. Neither are their wings. Like they're you know unless you're willing to like pluck a grouse, its breasts are the only thing that are that are yeah. worth it, and plucking them is not worth it ever. Coyotes don't even eat that part for God's sake. I guess. I plucked a goose a couple times and uh that was a that was a never to be repeated endeavor. <laughs> yeah. Terrible, terrible fucking job. Farm chickens. I, 
I had a friend here in town that had chickens in her backyard and uh, she wanted to, to butcher them. And she asked me if I would help. And I, I, I said, for sure, I'll help. But I actually don't know how to do it. Like, I, you know, I never had to, like, cut the head off anything and then deal with it. And so, so I asked my dad for help because like, I knew he had done it a lot of times. I said, hey, dad, can you help me and my friend butcher some chickens? This is the only time in my entire life my dad has ever refused me help. He was like, no, fuck that. You don't want to get into that, man. Just <laughs> he, he was. He was like, no. Like, just don't do it. And so I, I called her. I was like, look, my dad, who has never refused me help for anything, ever, just said, no, fuck that. Don't do it. So we didn't do it. Yeah. So what'd she do with them? I think she sold them. I don't know for sure. But she hates me now. So for oh. not helping her kill her chickens. Yeah. So I made a chicken plucker. And it's, it's made out of a... Uh, 50 gallon drum with all those like rubber fingers and a spinning disc of fingers. And it's, it's I call amazing. it the, I call it the chicken fucker. Cause it's amazing. <laughs> like it fucks those chickens up. But uh, anyway, yeah, you, you Google them and then you can see what they look like, but I made it and it works absolutely phenomenal. Like 30 seconds in there, that chicken has not a feather left and they're, they're clean. You just, then you, Rip them open, pull their guts out, and you're dressed. So that's what you do with the beef, then. A a really good friendship. If I hadn't known you had this thing, we could have just taken our chickens down there, murdered them, and tossed them in your chicken plucker. My God, man. Is there anything you don't have? uh, Money. Yeah. Yeah, like when we went goose hunting, Matt, I remember I was at home. Trying to, and I'm like, I'm going to pluck these geese because I'm going to do like a Gordon Ramsay Christmas goose. Yeah. And like yeah. an hour in, I think I called you. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm yeah. like, I've gotten nowhere. There's down There's down in my mouth. It's all over. <laughs> it's incredible. It's Feather like, density of a goose. And I had made zero fuck. progress. I had exposed one breast. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, this is unreal. There's a better way. And you're like, yeah, but no. <laughs> like you got to like boil and flash boil them to open the pores, and then you got to pluck them real quick. And I was like, or he's like, or you breast them. Like, yep, yeah, you can do yeah. that one. You breast them. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, I after I talked to you, I tried all that flash boil, all that shit. The geese are so waterproof that the water, the hot water, doesn't get to the skin, and so like, I tried <laughs> flash boiling it. I tried boil boiling it. I tried putting soap in there to cut the grease or cut the feathers so that it would get wet. And all I was left over with was a hot, wet <laughs> bird. And then it was hot and wet and slimy with soap and I couldn't pluck the feathers anymore. And that's... some, uh, some Somehow uh-huh. we have to figure out how to use hot, wet goose. Hot, wet goose. <laughs> I, have to, I have to tell you guys, I... There's no animal in the country I love more than the Canada goose. That ornery fucking evil bird is just, even when dead, is just makes your life miserable. I love yeah. it. It's, it is definitely but the bird to delicious. Love to, but they are yeah. delicious. Uh, if you can so manage to kill one without it killing you first, either through attrition when you're trying to pluck it or by it like cobra stinging you. In the face when you're 
riding past it the parkway. So would your chicken fucker work on it then, Matt? No. No, because the... Why the, not? Why not? The, there, because it's the Canada goose deer, and that's why. Okay, it would probably work a little bit. Like, you could take some feathers off, but they're so... They're so feathery that they just... Like, uh, okay, so a, a chicken, like a a proper chicken that lays eggs or whatever it is, the feathers are super weak, and there's not that many of them generally. But, okay. like, compared to the goose, uh, they're, they're fucking insane. Yeah. So how do you pluck a goose? we got to figure out how to pluck a goose, then. My old man said the only way to pluck a goose is when you shoot it and it's hot. You pluck them in the field in a stiff wind facing upwind, but the geese have to be fresh and hot. And if they really? don't, then you don't even bother. And that's what he said, and I've never... Even he he doesn't do it. He's like, no, nah, I just breast him. <laughs> breast him. Yeah. 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 Huh. Hmm. Well, there you go. Yeah. I don't know. We haven't been goose hunting wet, since. So. Soapy goose. Hot wet Hot. goose. Hot wet goose. Uh, yeah. Uh, the goose jerky that you made that year, though, was pretty dynamite. I like that. Goose jerky was the best jerky I've ever made in my life. And I don't know why. It was just fucking fantastic. It worked and, out. Uh, yeah, it was it was totally fine. Yeah, it was really tender. Um, mm-hmm. I made uh, the goose, the Canada goose, was ever nice. Was once it was finally dried into jerky. Yeah, I made uh, and even Can- then it was Canada still goose. moist. That wet fuck, <laughs> hot, wet, moist jerky. It's probably field water. It probably carried that field water right to the jerky stage. Those soggy, wet geese. I made uh, uh, breakfast sausage out of the, the geese, and that was the best sausage I've ever made. It was just delicious. It's so yeah. good. That meat, it's got to work. It's one of those things you really got to work for the flavor. Yeah. I didn't, uh, I didn't really care for eating it, like, breasted and cooked. It, I didn't care for it. It was pretty tough. Pretty dry. But turn it into something, it's pretty good. Yeah. Mm. Um, okay, so you can't field dressing goose is terrible. Yeah, field don't dressing, try. Field field dressing um, grouse is easy. <laughs> uh, and everything else varies by size. Um, is there anything else around field dressing that we feel like we need to address? Uh, the one thing I would say is for larger animals, like we said, coolers like elk and and moose coolers to keep your like quarter and put your meat in coolers so that they don't go green on you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. If you're going to be doing a, like a backhaul or something like that, I've heard of people. I, taking... Honestly, I even think like if we were just going to drive home, I'd want them in like a game bag and in a cooler with some ice, like stop at a gas station, get ice, throw it in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's a good thing we don't ever have those problems because we don't get anything. So can't throw a gun that far. Nope. My old man shot a, a moose. It was minus thirty eight, and then he drove home from Wainwright, and it was four or five hours of driving. That moose was still hot as fuck on the inside after five hours of driving in minus basically minus forty down the highway. Yeah, because it didn't have a single hole in it that it wasn't born with, other than the shot. Yeah, right? you got uh, out of the body cavity. The body oh no, cavity it's is the key to it. So it was gutted. 
it was okay. it was gutted and it was uh, not propped open, but like it was laying on its side. It's a big animal laying on its side in the back of the truck. But that oh, hide shit. on that uh, the hide on it was so amazingly insulated that it was it was still hot hours and hours later at highway speeds in that kind of cold. Incredible. Well, going back to the goose or the geese that we got, Matt, like we, I think we, we finished up goose hunting around like just before nine or some shit, nine thirty maybe. Right. Uh, yeah, it was, it was early morning. Yep. And then I and went then to we... work. So I threw him in my truck. <laughs> yeah. And I went to work and it was like, it was minus 20 that day. Easy. Minus 20. And I parked on the street at work and then went home and did dinner things. And then I got to them at like 7.30 or 8. And they were warm. Like when I started cutting them to breast them and even when I got through the down on the first one, like the skin, Uh I was like, these are fucking damn near hot still. Wow. And that is why down is the best. (laughs) No kidding. That's why animals can live outside and humans suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's why we got to keep getting into this beer. We got to get it. We don't have down. We got to grow something else. Whiskey. Yeah. Whiskey is our warmth. It's going to make ju-jubes. us fat. Whiskey and, Whiskey and jujubes. Um, right on. I think that covers field dressing from our knowledge perspective anyways. Yeah. Which is super limited and not really knowledgeable. So. so. Apologies to all the new people listening that you learned fuck all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You wasted your time. Now this you know season, what it feels we'll, like we'll, to be us. Never we'll, think of, we'll do a video this season. We'll video dressing an animal. And, ah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're going to kill anything. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll film a video. Um, so on that note, uh, what did we learn? Well, as usual, I learned... That Jade is full of shit. <laughs> uh, uh, yep. Yeah, Jade, you're full of shit. So, Yeah, I think we can just leave it with that one. Yeah, we've all learned the same thing. All learned the same thing. All right. See you guys. Right. Thanks a lot, guys. Hey, nobody. Don't forget to stalk us on YouTube, Instagram, and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The information and opinions within this broadcast are those solely of three guys who barely know how to tie their shoes, let alone do anything functional in the real world. They are not to be taken as advice or as actual instruction on how to do anything we've mentioned ever. That is the end of this disclaimer.